Hello everybody, welcome to episode 9 of the Finding Freedom Sound podcast. How are we doing? How are we doing this fine Monday? It is Monday the 4th of September. Uh, yeah, we, we oh, God, it's gone quick. Ninth, ninth month already. I love this time of year though. Because uh, I can't do the summer. I've, I just can't do the summer. I've got a massive bead on. But the problem is, like, uh, I live in Camberwell now. And the place I'm living there is really nice and that. Uh, but the hallway, the hallway has just got constant heating on. And uh, it's been like it's been like that for a while, apparently. And um, it's got so bad that uh, local MP Harriet Harmon's got involved with her words on this. Uh, saying how she's written to housing association because uh, people are getting big beads on, um, <laughs> like walking through hallway. But it's been like it's recently been like what thirty degrees last weekend, not the weekend gone, the weekend before, two weeks ago. Just finished uh, doing that uh, the Capital Ring walk, which is all right actually. And uh, I mean, absolute my feet are in absolute agony, like serious blisters. Um, I finally managed to finish it. I don't know if I talked about it in my last podcast, but if I didn't, I'll just explain. It's basically, what it is, is this big walk around London. 33 councils you cut through. I say cut through, well, yeah, you do cut through. And uh, it's around 75, 78 miles, something. It depends on uh, if you can read a map or uh, if Google takes you the right way. Because someone's actually... Uh, I could do. I struggled with both, to be honest, because like, you can print them off in. You can print off the paths in PDF, and like figure it out for yourself. Or someone's actually done all right by sticking the entire path on Google Maps, so it's all the all the walks preloaded onto Google Maps. But I, I'm pretty sure some of that shit you're not meant to see. Some of the stuff I saw, you weren't meant to see, because uh, when I first started it, I was going through like back alleys. And uh, I'm told, like, uh, you know, I'm told, oh, it's going to be picturesque. Streatham's not picturesque, mate. I don't know. I don't know what they've told you. I don't, don't know. He's told them. It's not. It's not picturesque. Or, uh, but the last uh, going. But like, I had to, I finished my last walk. I finished up in Stoke Newington, East London, and uh, I had to travel. Well, I decided to just push on and like finish up at Crystal Palace because that's where I started, and. Uh, I hadn't. I didn't really think it through to be honest. I drank so much. I drank so much water though, and I'm pissing like a racehorse along this along this walk. And uh, it was it was. I think it was about thirty degrees uh, two weekends ago. Oh God, it's like walking through the Sahara Desert. You know, I played stuff, and uh, got, there's not a lot. There wasn't actually a lot to see in. Uh, through East London, surprisingly, because you you cut it started at Stoke Newington, and you go you go through Hackney Wick. Hackney Wick's all right. You got canal boats and that, and some graffiti, and uh, I actually saw a bloke get out the canal waters naked. He's bollock naked, running around with his mates. I don't know what he was doing, but uh, didn't really know where else to look. To me, he's just, he's just in my face. He's just weird, and uh, I had to walk past him dealing that. And then what past like West? You go through to Stratford, past that West Ham Stadium, and uh, you see that. Um, oh, I, no, I don't think it's a great thing. But is it? Um, what's that uh, architect called? Who's done that? Helter Skelter. 
uh, in Stratford. Oh, let me find it. Elter Skelter, Stratford. Who, who designed it? It's a fucking bag of shit. Oh, yeah. Who, who designed it? Hold on. I've got it. Oh, yeah. Anish Kapoor. That con, man. I've never... I don't understand. Like, it's a Elter Skelter. Um, apparently, it's like a piece of art. It doesn't look... It just looks like an abandoned mine. You know, it doesn't... It's just absolute eyesore. But apparently, it makes an absolute fortune. It costs... Hold on. What, what was it? Fuck. Cost 19 million quid to make a slide. Bloody hell. 22 million actually in total. And, uh, oh, that's pretty intense. That. Why was there no uproar about that? Anyway. Anyway, well, that, that happened obviously. Um, but yeah, you walk past that slide and that. And uh, you cut through to, uh, you go on the greenway. Which is really nice, actually, but it's one straight run all the way through Play Store and all that, and uh, getting through to, I think you go through. What have I had? Oh, you got through to. Uh, oh, bloody hell! What's opposite Woolwich? Greenwich, I think it is. I don't think it's Greenwich. Anger fight. I've completely forgotten uh, what path it was now. Uh, because, yeah, you cut through to, you get across, you have to get the, you go through the Woolwich underpass to get through to it. Now, Woolwich is a, an alright, it's not alright, to be honest. It's uh, got, it needs a lot of improvements. If it was done, you can see where the government, the councils abandoned these places, which, and they're, they're still building really nice, like, they're building some nice housing projects, but it's just an absolute tip. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it's, yeah, there wasn't much to... There was a lot to be said about the area. It was much to be desired. I wouldn't live there. But I guess, you'd, you know, it's quite relatively cheap for London still. You can get... An, uh, you can, it's, it's, it's one of them. If I was if I was to get, be able to afford a property ladder, I'd probably consider looking around there. But it'd have to... You know, but even then, it's had a stretch. But there's a lot of... You can, it's just not well looked after. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of things they sorted out around there. Uh, people looked all nice and friendly, but there's some f- proper boozers, just like si- just like sipping uh, white lightning on the benches. Uh, you had to get through that, but when two minutes, like uh, sorry, ten minutes up the road, you get into uh, uh, Blackheath uh, Greenwich area, and there, that's beautiful around there. That's really nice. And um, I used to live in Blackheath with this. Uh, these three people, and uh, one of them was sound, and the other two were fucking nightmares, absolute maniacs. Um, and uh, this was about 2013, actually, when I moved to London. I don't know if they're still around now or where they're living, but um, uh, I remember going for the viewing for this house because it was uh, through uh, my ex's friend who told me about this house. And uh, she wasn't there at the time for the viewing. And she was dead sound and that. Uh, but So I meet this guy who was going to be my future housemate. And uh, I can't remember his name. I think he was called like, oh, like Paul or something. It was like probably, it was a stat. Yeah, it was just a, just a name. I don't know. Uh, but he was he's nice enough lad and that. But so he meets me at the bus stop. Because um, he was on, it was on the, it was in shoot. It was like Shooters Hill, Blackheath area. You could walk to. You could walk to Blackheath from the house, and um, 
<clears throat> I remember him meeting me. And we're just walking normally, having a chat, you know, getting to know each other. Next minute, just these massive screams from this guy. Uh, and he collapses on the floor. I'm like, fucking hell, what's up with you? And he's like, ah! <laughs> uh, try not to, I'm trying not to laugh because it was serious at the time. Uh, he just, this guy just keeled over in front of me. I said, what's up with you? What's up with you? Uh, not like shouting, I like demanding, what's up with you? Tell me. I was just like, I was just concerned, but I didn't know how to handle it. And uh, he said, oh, I've got a fucking hernia. I've got my, I've, I've just got a lot uh, what is it? What is, it's like his spleen or something was coming out of his fucking skin. But he kept, he lifted his top and showed me his things sticking out. I was like, fucking hell. Get that sorted, pal. He's like, yeah, I know, I'm on the waiting list. It's like, waiting list, they should be pushing you to the top, man. And uh, it happened twice as we were walking. We were only 10 minutes away, and it happened in that space of 10 minutes. He collapsed twice on me. Um, and uh, I, I didn't really know what else to do apart from... Uh, I had I had a can of Lucas Head, because uh, I didn't have the bottles. I gave him some of that. I don't think that helped him, to be honest. But yeah, he's... It worried me. So to be fair, I was quite worried. And uh, yeah, so I was living there, and a woman who previously lived in this room was a fucking disaster. Um, absolute slob, absolute slob. Because I, um, oh, she had shit everywhere. Her the room was an absolute tip. Uh, there was loads of stains on carpet and that, but it had an ensuite, and the shower was an was a disaster as well. It was proper grimy the glass was no longer glass it was opaque with just whatever um i don't know what like just not cleaning it i don't know what, what how it gets to that point you know you gotta clean you gotta maintain your bathroom uh but it was a decent it was a steal to be fair to have an ensuite i think it was like uh 650 uh with bills and i think yeah that was it sat it sat at a good price something i could afford um because this was at a time when I just, I had just finished my internship and I just finished a contract, my first contract, uh, doing project management, and I got a, I got a studio manager role, a project like studio manager slash project manager role, and I thought, yeah, but it was, a, and that was in Rivington Street, so it was a bit of a trek actually to get all the way from Rivington Street to Blackheath. Took took nearly an hour and a half. By the time I got home, I was absolutely knackered. And all I was living off was making homemade hummus and uh, uh, what's that? It's not couscous. It's like couscous, but it's bulgur wheat. Oh my god, it makes me sick thinking about it. You know, a fucking bulgur wheat I had, and I didn't have any storage, so I was using like uh, old um, <laughs> uh, Tupperware you got from like Indian takeouts that I rinsed out, uh, found under a cupboard. They were stained with the, the curry stains on them. But they had to do, because I just... Well, first of all, I couldn't be bothered like, going to a shop buying proper Tupperware. Tupperware's well expensive, can I add? Why is it so expensive? Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's very expensive. And, um... Uh, I, yeah, I, I every time... The problem with that house was uh, is that they were fucking militant on sound... You couldn't do stuff without them pulling you up. And to be fair, I nearly set the house on fire. I nearly blew the house at once uh, because I forgot to turn the gas off uh, in the kitchen. I was cooking eggs and I completely forgot 
to turn the 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 the, uh, the flame off. And uh, the next day, uh, I had a, there was a post-it note. All right, so this house loved writing a post-it because they didn't like confrontation. I suppose that was all right. I, I could live with that. Um, and it was a post-it note with arrows pointing, like three post-it notes, I remember, with arrows pointing at his hob, which was fucking ash white. <laughs> it was ash white. And uh, because I just, I left it overnight. I left the oven on overnight. And then a woman, one of the women, comes down. She was fucking, she had nothing better to do, if I'm fucking honest. Uh, she had nothing better to do. But to be, that that one time, I let it slide, because I, I did nearly blow the house up, because I've got to turn gas off. And uh, yeah, she, like, I rose everywhere, posted some notes saying, who did this? Should have turned it off. It was one in the morning, and I saw this happening, and I saw this, and I turned it off, and I... And she she came down and I apologised to her and she's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Secretly, she was livid. I could just, you know when people say, oh, it's fine. You just know they're not fine. When someone says they are fine, they are not fine. It is a fact that they use that word to try and shut you down asking any more questions. But tell, take it from me. When someone says they are fine, they are lying to you. They are barefaced lying to you. And um, you just, yeah. Or either leave them to it or just, you know, if you can help them, help them. But uh, she said she was fine and I just left her because I didn't want to ask her any more questions. And then another, I used to get up at like, I still do, but I had to get up at like half five, six o'clock to get to work for, for around half eight, nine o'clock. I used to get in quite early. And uh, my phone would start vibrating on the side of my bed. And uh, the guy who I lived with lived underneath me. And I'd get a text message saying, I'm here, uh, can you just take your phone and vibrate? The entire, uh, I can hear your entire bed shaking. And, uh, and obviously I was with my partner at the time, I had a partner at the time, and uh, I was like, well, if I, if he can hear my fucking phone vibrate, what else can he fucking hear? So uh, he never commented then, did he? Fucking dirty bastard, he's probably listening, wasn't he? Um... Alright, so let's go to a poem. Should we do a poem? So, during my walk last two weekends ago, uh, I was listening to Desert Island Discs, as I always have done. And I love them. I love Desert Island Discs. And one of the uh, interviewers, uh, interviewees, is it interviewees? Is that, what you, is that it? Is that what you got? I don't know. Uh, was Mark Rylance. Now, I don't know a lot about his work, actually. I genuinely don't. But uh, I just found him quite... He was quite a fascinating character because he just, he kind of came out of nowhere, didn't he? With uh, Wolf Hall. He kind of came to prominence with Wolf Hall, of anyone won an Oscar. Uh, what did he win the Oscar for? Was it uh, Bridge of Spies? Or was he in something? I think it was Bridge of Spies, Spielberg's flick. And he, he said one of the books uh, that he would uh, take with him to the desert island was uh, the, book, the Big Red Book of uh, Poems by Rumi. Uh, now, for those of you who don't know Rumi, I, I don't know much about him to be fair. But he was one of the, he was born in the thirteenth century in twelve oh seven in Iran. He's one of the most famous poets uh, um, uh, going. He's actually one of the best selling poets in America, um, which is which is weird because of like the whole uh, America Iran relationship. But yeah, no, he's one of the best. Uh, one of the best poets out there, 
uh, very influential in the Middle East and uh, globally, actually. Um, but I've, I, I bought, I was like, when he mentioned this book, I was like, oh, I need to get that book. So I ordered it and I read it and I'm just, he's very, he's so ahead of his time. The guy's a fucking oracle. Um, and his words are beautiful. And I've, I have read a couple of his books and I've, I've read a couple of his poems in the past, but I never, I wasn't actually made aware of this until, uh, he, he said, um, this is the book he would take to, uh, this is the book Mike Rowland said he would take to Desert Island. So we're going to do this, we'll do two poems actually. Now I haven't actually, re- I don't rehearse, I, I just go cold open. The whole thing's cold, none of this, I'm just talking now. Anyway, let's just crack on. This poem is called There You Are. You're inside every kindness. When a sick person feels better, you are that and the onset of disease too. You are sudden, terrible screaming. Some problems require we go for help. When we knock on a stranger's door, you sent us. Nobody answers. It's you. When work feels necessary, you are the way workers move in rhythm. You are what is the field for players, the ball for those watching. Someone claims to have evidence that you do not exist. You are the one who brings the evidence in, and the evidence itself. You are inside the soul's great fear. Every natural pleasure, every vicious cruelty. You are in every difference and irritation. Someone's love, someone loves something. Someone else hates the same. There you are. Whatever I see... What anyone wants or not. Political power, injustice, material possessions. Those are your scripts. The handwriting we study. Body, soul, shadow. Whether reckless or careful, you are what we do. It is absurd to think to ask your pardon. You are inside repentance and sin. The wonder of various jewels agate emerald. How we are during the day, then at night, you are those moods and qualities, the pure compassion we feel for each other. Every encampment has a tent where the leader is, and also the wide truth of your imperial tent overall. Yeah, it's alright, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's got some good stuff. It's a massive book. How many pages have we got here? I might say it's an holiday. Uh... 473 pages, oh, it's a big book. So let's go with the next one. This, this other one's called um, the, This Disaster. And can I just say, every time of Some of his work is actually quite surreal. And we're going to stick on the subjects of surrealism and absurdism. Uh, because uh, yesterday, a wonderful poet passed away at the age of 90. Uh, the poet was Mark Ashbury. And he actually won the Pulitzer. Uh, for his collection of absurdist poetry. Uh, I think it was in... Uh, oh, God, it was early 70s, 80s. Oh, anyway, we'll, get, we'll go back to him, but he, the poem I'm going to recite on, on his, uh, that Mark Asprey wrote is something uh, of, uh, of absurdism, but it's beautiful as well. So, But this poem is called This Disaster by Rumi, may I add. Why am I part of this disaster, this mud hole for donkeys? 
Is this the place where Jesus spoke? Surely not. A table has been set, but we have not been served sweet spring water yet. Evidently, we came here to be bound hand and foot. I ask a flower, how is it you are so wise, so young? With the first morning wind and the first dew, I lost my innocence. I follow the one who showed me the way. I extend one hand up, and with the other I touch the ground. A great branch leans down from the sky. How long will I keep talking of up and down? This is not my home. Silence, annihilation, absence. I go back where everything is nothing. I really want to take this book and hold it with me, uh, like because I've only just got it, but it's and it's it looks like it could keep me company. Uh, but something tells me where based on where we're going and uh, the the great company I'll be with, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to it. I absolutely, am. Uh, but I'm a bit apprehensive at the same time. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're going to Benidorm and and Alicante. Now I've never been to either. I've never actually been to Spain. Um, it's that whole. I don't know what's put me off. Like growing up, it was that whole Brits abroad thing, wasn't it? Everyone does it, and it just kind of it just. I don't know. No, it never um, attracted me to go. I mean, obviously, I'd like to go. I'm more of a city person, you know. Um, and uh, well, it's Benidorm a city. Don't look like it. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. It's a coastal town, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I'd like to go to, like, Madrid and Barcelona and uh, Valencia and all that. Uh, but uh, I'll settle for Benidorm and Alicante, see how it goes, because it'll be good company. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm apprehensive. There's seven of us going. It's going to be like a proper lads holiday kind of thing. Um, and... Uh, Oh, I've been boozing for the last two weeks, uh, and I, I doubt it's going to st- stop anytime soon. Uh, maybe after I come back, it's going to be four days. It's going to be some four, four hardcore days, I reckon. Uh, Benidorm is just obviously you see the TV show, you just know what you're going to get yourself into, um, and uh, probably staying at a friend's friend's house. I say house, apparently it's a palace or something uh and he's dead snide with that air conditioning as well so there's gonna be seven of us stuck in a house with no ac it's like fucking militant uh but you know it should be good it should be good um but yeah i have no i have no idea gotta to get to stansted which is a fucking trek and half if you ever done the london to stansted you know what i'm talking about uh, I've 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 checked it through Google Maps and City Mapper, and it's saying about ninety minutes to get there. Uh, so I'm really not I'm not looking forward to that journey. But thankfully, it's in the evening, and I've got the day off, so I can uh, I can plan ahead a bit. But I don't I don't think there's anything going on in Stansted, is there? I don't I've I've been to Stansted. I can't remember if I've been to Stansted Airport. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's just a fucking place to sit down for an hour, and then you're on the plane. So yeah, we're straight off the plane, straight to Benidorm for two nights. So that should be quite eventful. Uh, but yeah, guaranteed it's going to be a fucking mess. And uh, there'll be no room for Rumi, uh, I don't think, to read my poems. I'll have to do this when I finish. Uh, so I've got a new contracts job that I've started in Tower Bridge till November. So maybe in December I've got to take the month off, 
go somewhere, just hide away and just read this book and a few other bits, actually. Um, so I'll probably be doing that. But uh, I don't know. I've just, yeah, so I finished, I've got this new contract and it. it's been absolutely really good fun, but it's been brutal on the hours. Uh, started it two weeks ago. Uh, three weeks ago now, but in the last, the first two weeks was twelve, uh, pretty much uh, 12, 12, 12 days straight, basically of working, because uh, I did uh, basically worked over the weekend as well. We had to get loads of work out, and uh, we did 50, me and a few of the guys did fifteen hours a day on the week, Saturday, Sunday, uh, in this little. Um, production house in Soho, which was alright actually, because it was, if I was on my own doing it, it would drive me fucking insane, but because there was a few of us, it was alright, and they're all good people, all funny people, so it kind of, uh, it kind of killed the time doing it, but some, it just got a bit of a hard slog, and the client was giving us an hard time, and um, thankfully we got all dinners, lunches, and taxis paid for, so it was alright, uh, it's, it's good saving the money actually, because sometimes at the weekend you don't do anything, you just spend money on, on shit you don't need in it um but yeah no it's it's going well but it's it's a you know, like i said a bit of a slog getting all this work out so much so much to do uh and uh they've they've, they've scrapped papa john friday as well the, apparently the last friday of every every friday of papa john's pizza and i've, I've only managed to see it once um, oh, I'll tell you, I got clocks though, didn't I? Because uh, the, the the studio manager, she buys, she, for the entire team, she bought like, I'd say about 25, 26 pizzas, big pizza, like all large pizzas. And um, I was so hungry and the, the office was empty on the Friday, so I had about, I had about 10 slices. And uh, bless her, a colleague opposite me, uh, I got talking to her, she was like, oh, you had your pizza with you? I said, yeah, 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 I've had, I've had about 10 slices. And like, she was like, mm, well, the limit is free. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Um, that was a bit awkward. But then I learned that she takes them home with her. She takes these pizzas home with her. That's like, wraps them in cling film, sticks them in a Tupperware box, and off she pops. Family for the, feeding a family for the weekend. So, you know. I'll uh, I'll 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 make a note of that next time it happens. Uh, but the studio manager says we've all got too fat, so um, she's just doing like fruit Friday. But the only fruit I saw on Friday was fucking pineapple. Um, so that needs to improve if we're going to eat fruit more than one pineapple between a team of two hundred people, you know. Um, but uh, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. It's it's good. It's going good. People are good. But uh, this all working for yourself thing, it's not all it's cracked up to be. You're like balancing how much money you pay yourself, how much money you need to keep paying taxes, how much money you need to set aside, what's in, what you expense, what don't you... I don't have a clue. I don't have I don't have a clue. Apparently I already owe 1600 good to tax man. But I've been permanent employee for the past year, so who's messed up there? So I need to give him a call and get that sorted. And uh, the accountant um, who, who have asked to like, do do my books and that, just said it's to do with like benefits and healthcare, but I've never received a single benefit, uh, nor private healthcare, I've never really needed to, thankfully. Uh, but actually, what I've started to do, 
I've kind of picked up on it the last few years. Uh, I did it a few years ago, seeing a therapist. Um, and I've decided to do it again because I feel fine now. I had a bit of a wobble a bit ago, but I fi- I'm feeling fine, but I just feel I need to speak to someone about it because it's just all too... Like this, I'm not going to go through the details, but um, there's a lot's been happening this year. And uh, I, I've not let it, I've not really reacted to it. I've just done it. I've not really uh, triggered. Nothing's, there's, nothing's triggered me. I've not, I've not been upset. I've not, I've not really been happy. I've not been, it's what I've had to deal with. I've just been like, all oh, right, fine. It's fine. And so, yeah, I saw this therapist up the road. He lives up the road from me. The problem is, I can't, I'm struggling because it's only, I've only had one session with him. But it's just me talking. Just talking to myself and he never responds and I need him to respond. I don't know whether to say to him, uh, can you please uh, just talk back, you know, bounce bounce off me. Talk to, Whenever I talk about my stuff, talk to me. But instead he just sits there, umming and ahhing. Um He's got some nice plants though. So I asked him about how he kept his plants. He's, he didn't really respond to that either. He's like, uh, yeah, you just water them whenever you need. Uh, just go on Google and just have a look. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell. It's, you know, what am I paying for? I mean, it's. I think it's quite expensive. Forty quid an hour is quite expensive, in my opinion. Um, I don't. I don't. I only do one hour every. I, I do it bi-weekly. Uh, two hours. Two hours a month. And in fact, I need to message him telling him I'm coming in this Thursday. But um, yeah, I know. I'm just sit there talking to him and stuff, and he's like, oh, uh, I'm not sure what we're gonna do. At the end of it, he said this. He actually said it. He said, oh, because I told him, like, you know, my cynicism gets in the way and all that. And he said, oh, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, well, if you fucking tell me. I don't know, I don't know what, what do I say to that? Is, that? is the point that they just listen to you and you, you figure it out for yourself? I suppose it is, maybe. I don't know. It's been a while since I've done this, but the men have all these techniques and stuff, and there's none of that happening. It's just me talking for an hour, and, and some of it was in silence, and I hate silence. I don't like... Uh, unless, I'm, obviously, I'm grafting away and stuff. Uh, but when you try to... When I'm talking, I don't like... The, I, like I like something to come back to me, to respond to. Uh, and obviously, I like listening... You know, unless I'm listening to music, or obviously doing this podcast... Um, yeah, I just found it a bit of a struggle. I just thought it was so awkward because he wasn't reacting. He wasn't really looking at me. He was looking down at the floor. Uh, and I was just saying, oh, I just wanted to say, can you just tell me something? Can you just come back with something, please? Uh, and he wouldn't. Um, but then I learned, I spoke to one of my friends and I told her, um, I told her about it. And she's like, yeah, no, but you need to keep seeing them. And uh, you build on that. You just build and build your character, and they once you build your character and create who you are, uh, then they can start responding uh, based on what you're telling them. Uh, and it did. I didn't think about it that way, so I, I guess I should. I guess you need to keep building on it. But maybe my expectations are like click of not click of a finger, but I think living in London a lot and technology and the way the world is at the minute people expect things so fast that patience is so little um i suppose that's where i'm at with that you know where i am with that not where i'm at with that but going back to poetry let's go back to poetry for a moment john ashbury 
who passed away on Sunday, 3rd of September. Uh, now, the poem he won the Pulitzer Prize for is a very, very long poem. Uh, very, very, it's like, f oh, how many, like 400 lines. It's it's massive poem. It's a great poem. Um, but this poem uh, is based on, now, I don't know, I might not, I might have pronounced both their names wrong, but this poem is called Syringa. And the poem is about a tragic is is a tragic poem based on the life of uh, Orpheus and uh, Eurydice 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 Oh, I don't know. Let me know if I've pronounced it right. And I'll probably I'll probably pronounce their names wrong again. Uh, Eurydice. Yeah, no. All right. Well, fucking. Let's just get on with it, shall we? So this poem is called it's called Syringa, and it's based on this guy's life. It's, he was a Greek poet, uh, Orpheus, yeah. Orpheus, Orpheus. <laughs> God, right? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna keep saying it. I'm just gonna go for it. Um, written in 1977, and it's called Syringa by John Asprey. Orpheus liked the glad personal quality of the things beneath the sky. Of course. Eurydice was a part of this. Then one day everything changed. He rends rocks into fissures with lament. Gwillies, hummocks, can't withstand it. The sky shudders from one horizon to the other, almost ready to give up wholeness. Then Apollo quietly told him, Leave it all on earth. Your loot. What point? Why pick at a dull paven few care to follow except a few birds of dusty feather? Not vivid performances of the past. But why not? All other things must change too. The seasons are no longer what they were once. But it is the nature of things to be seen only once, as they happen along, bumping into other things, getting along. Somehow. That's where Orpheus made his mistake. Of course, Eurydice vanished into the shade. She would have even, if he hadn't turned around, not used standing there like a grey stone toga as the whole wheel of recorded history flashes past, struck dumb, unable to utter an intelligent. Comment on the most thought-provoking elements in its train. Only love stays on the brain, and something these people, these other ones, call life, singing accurately, so that the notes mount straight up of the well of dim noon, and rival the tiny, sparkling yellow flowers, growing around the brink of the quarry, encapsulizes the different weights of the things. But it isn't enough to go on singing, Orpheus realised this, and didn't mind so much about his reward being in heaven, after the Bacchantis had torn him apart, driven half out of their minds by his music, what it was doing to them. Some say it was for his treatment of Eurydice. I've definitely said this wrong. But probably the music had more to do with it, and the way music passes emblematic of life and how you cannot isolate a note of it and say it is good or bad you must wait till it's over 
the end crowns all, meaning all that Natablu is wrong. For although memories of a season, for example, melt in a single snapshot, one cannot guard, treasure, that stalled moment. It too is flowing, fleeting. It is a picture of flowing, scenery, through living, mortal, over which an abstract action is laid out in blunt, harsh strokes. And to ask more than this is to become the tossing reeds of that slow, powerful stream, the trailing grasses. Playfully tugged at, but to participate in the action, no more than this, then in the lowering gentian sky, electric twitches are faintly apparent first, then burst forth into a shower of fixed, cream-coloured flares. The horses have seen a share of the truth. Each through thinks, I'm a maverick, nothing of this is happening to me though I can understand the language of birds and the itinerary of lights caught in the storm is fully apparent to me. Their jousting ends in music much, as trees move easily in the wind after a summer storm and is happening in lacy shadows of shore trees, now day after day. But how late is it to be regretting all of this, even bearing in mind that regrets are always late, too late, to which Orpheus, a bluish cloud with white contours, replies that these are of course no regrets at all, merely a careful scholarly setting down of unquestioned facts, a record of pebbles along the way, and no matter how all this disappeared or got where it was going, it is no longer material for a poem. Its subject matters too much and not enough standing there helplessly, while the poem streaks by, its tall afire, a bad comet streaming hate and disaster, but so turned inward that the meaning, good or other, can never become known. The singer thinks constructively, builds up his chance in progressive stages, like a skyscraper, skyscraper, but at the last minute turns away, the song is engulfed in an instant in blackness which must in turn flood the whole continent with blackness, for it cannot see. The singer must then pass out of sight, not even relieved of the evil burthen of the words. Stellification is for the few and comes about much later, when all record of these people and their lives has disappeared into libraries, into microfilm, a few are still interested in them. But what about the so-and-so? is still asked on occasion, but they lie frozen and out of touch until Arbitrary Curus speaks of a totally different incident with a similar name in those tale or hidden syllables of what happened so long ago before that in some small town, one indifferent summer. That was a very long poem. <laughs> no, it was good though. But I've, I forgot how long it was. I read it a while ago, but I completely forgot how long it was. Um, and obviously never having spoke about it, uh, never having to not spoke about it, uh, obviously. Uh, what is that word I'm looking for? Say it even. Let's just go with that for now. It's been a long, long day. Um, yeah, it's, but it's a good point. And like I said, my pronunciation of those 
the two characters are completely wrong, as are some other words. We're probably fucking well wrong. Anyway, we crack on, we push forward, we move on, we learn. That's what it's about, isn't it? Do you know what? I talk about, you know, there's a lot of new things happening recently, and I've realised I'm always chasing the past of people trying to the past the people in my past, the people who you just know no longer want to you you try and uh connect with them once more because you've just been uh distance and uh disconnected and you often want to build on that and pick up where you left off and obviously life uh doesn't stop, does it? It just carries on. And so I've just learned uh to just you know, there's nothing wrong with bridge burning. I think that's a positive thing in life. I think you need to do that. And I think I need to do more of it. And as you do when you're clearing out a closet, you've got clothes you don't want to wear anymore. You stick it in a bag, you move on. Because you just know it's not a personal thing. It's just the way life is. And um, it's all getting very deep, isn't it? Fucking hell. No, but there is a point to this. The last few months i felt... As chapters are closing, you've got to build on new ones, but you should never. You can build. You try and build on the past. I I know what I do. I reach out to a lot of people, and sometimes it just never. It's just me reaching out. There's never any build on that, and you just got to accept that. Uh, they they've probably moved on. I suppose maybe I I accept it anyway. But I actually, I actually said this to my therapist. I said this to her. I said, look, I do contact people. I never really get anything back from them, but I don't know, is that on me? Is that, is, it feels like a one-way street, and it's like, no, not at all. But how can he, he didn't have anything to back it up. He, and I, you know, I, I will ever, forever continue to believe that, uh, because that's what's happening. And obviously, it's not everyone, but sometimes, uh, it, uh, you, it's like, right, all right, here's it. As an example, that Queensferry Bridge, what's just opened, it's a new bridge you can cross, you know. The other one is old, you know, it's not going to be as much use. You know, you just, you, they're burning bridges. They're going to physically, what are they doing with that bridge? They're going to fucking tear it down. That's what they're doing. That's what it sounds like they're doing because they've just spent loads of money on a vanity project like that. They say it's not a vanity project, but, it, you know, it's, just, it's like, like that fucking disgrace of a garden bridge. You've seen that, that. I'm so glad that garden bridge didn't go ahead because it was it just unbelievable if it had it would have just been an absolute disaster it's like that bloody helter skelter in stratford that should that should never have existed anyway we push forward like i said um i'm going to go with a, a final poem actually now this is he's one of my heroes this is hunter s thompson hunter s thompson for those of you who don't know a uh, bit of a genius. Uh, one of the founders of Gonzo Journalism. Um, now I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of Gonzo Journalism, but what I do know I, is uh, it's, it's the idea that um, it's kind of like a first-person form of writing. On originally, initially, it starts with a subject, but then you become the central character, uh, and it has a lot of uh, high energy surrealism to it. It's, a, it's a, of base. It, it's still accurate. It's an accurate form of reporting, but it's uh, it, it, it's very fast paced. Lots of energy, and again, uh, some of it just sounds unbelievable. Uh, now, uh, his works. I think. I think uh, whilst people know about like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, 
um, and the Rum Diaries. I think it was the Hell's Angels book he did, the bio, the autobiography, not an autobiography, but it was him covering the Hell's Angels, what really put him in the spotlight. And it, even to the point that um, with the Hell's Angels, even I think they beat him up or something. Uh, did, did he slander him? Or was it to do with financials? I think it was either a financial thing or a slanderous thing he said towards him or an accusation of some sort. But they uh, they roughed him up a bit. Uh, he said he deserved it in the end. Um, in fact, there's an interview on YouTube. I remember uh, if you go onto it, if you type in Hunter S. Thompson, Hell's Angels, it has a... It has a, 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 a a TV, he's on a TV show, Hunter S. Thompson on a TV show, and he's talking to a Hell's Angel, and they, they, they kind of, do they work things out? I need to watch this video. I need to figure it out. But yeah, uh, genius, uh, in my opinion. Um, he actually, he committed suicide at the age of 67. Um, the guy was an absolute uh, lunatic, uh, like alcoholic, drug addict. No, but I don't know. He he was functioning on both of those accounts, and so I wouldn't say do it. But I'm just saying he, he seemed to function on it. Uh, there's a really good um, online. There's a really good scene with where Conan O'Brien, uh, an American TV host, uh, goes to the ranch uh, where he lives and just like shoots guns and drinks liquor uh, from in the morning. It's pretty good. I don't know. I just remembered that one scene. Uh, but yeah, he had, he's quite a character apparently. But he said he never wanted to live past sixty. Uh, but he actually died at sixty-seven. So he uh, maybe he was just um, maybe he just forgot about it because he just didn't know where he was in the world. Um, but he wrote a he wrote a poem. Uh, it's a small poem, uh, and it's 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 very it's along the same lines as like Bukowski. There isn't there isn't any romance to it. I don't know. There isn't any romance. It's more of a uh, in the moment, like conversation, sort of thing. What he's going through his head at the time of writing it. Uh, there isn't any structure. I don't know who the characters are, but it's quite, it's it's good. And uh, this poem is called uh, "Collect the Telegram from a Mad Dog." Not being a poet and drunk as well, leaning into the diner and dawn, and hearing a jukebox mockery of some better human sound. I want rhetoric, but could only howl the rotten truth. Norman Luboff should have his nuts ripped off with a plastic fork, then howled around like a man with a final angst, not knowing what I wanted there. Probably the waitress, bend her double like a safety pin, deposit the mad seed before they tie off my tubes. Suddenly a man with wild eyes rushed out from the wooden toilet, Foam on his face and waving a razor, like a flag shouting, we'll take our vengeance now. We rang for LaBeouf on the payphone, but there was no contact. Get a lawyer, I said. These swine have gone far enough. Now is the time to lay a writ on them, cease and desist. The legal man agreed. We had a case, and indeed a duty, to right these wrongs, as it were. The price will be 4000 in front and 10 for the nut. I wrote him a cheque on the Sawtooth National Bank, but he hooted at it while rubbing a special oil on his palms to keep the chancers from itching beyond the endurance on his Sabbath. Later from jail, I sent a brace telegram to the right people explaining my position. And uh, yeah, that, that was it. It was just it was very, I think, one of the few poems he actually ever wrote, um, I believe. 
uh, I don't know where the other ones are. I have scoured the internet trying to find them, but I've not had the graces of luck. Um, but yeah, that's me. I need to go because I think I've just bored your socks off with me talking absolute shite again. Um, and uh, well, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great, great day, evening, afternoon, morning, whatever you're doing in life. And uh, I will hopefully see you soon. It won't. It won't be as. Uh, it won't be as late this time. So uh, that's me. That's it. So see you later.